Global Broadcasting Networks presents Coach Talk Radio. Create the time, money, and lifestyle you want with tips, tricks, and techniques that get you started today from some of the best Internet minds in the business. Now here are your hosts, Internet brand strategist Sandra Beck. Hey guys and dolls, this is Sandra Beck and I'm here with my lovely co-host Angela Breidenbach and we are talking today about marketing and branding and this is right up in my wheelhouse. Uh, <laughs> as many of you know, I'm a radio host but I actually have a master's in advertising, I have an undergraduate in journalism, I have uh, a background in programming specifically for the internet. And I am an expert, an internet brand strategy expert, and these shows are some of the ways, some of the tools that I use to not only promote and increase my brand, but increase and promote the brands of my clients. Many of them are authors, many of them are book publishing houses, so this is kind of in an alignment with what we're doing um, in this writing series, which you can find more of these episodes on Coach Talk Radio Show, iTunes, and Toginet, our host station. I'd like to introduce my co-host, Angela Breidenbach, because she has a very distinctive brand, and she's also a best-selling author. So I really, really am happy to have you here today, Angela. Tell us a little bit about your background. Well, thank you. Boy, you didn't ask for bio. You asked for background. That's scary. <laughs> well, we got to vary it. You know, 10 hours into this, we got to have a little variation. This is true. Uh, my name is Angela Breidenbach, and as you've probably heard in the few in the few shows past, that I am the president of the Christian Authors Network. But you know, I also belong to several other uh, author groups, and I think that's an important distinction for someone who wants to be in the writing business: is that one thing doesn't always meet all the needs of the various parts of your career. And so I belong to ACFW, which is the American Christian Fiction Writers, and that is specific to fiction. I've just recently joined the Authors Guild, and the reason is that as my career grows, so do my needs for understanding the legal elements and the business elements of my career. And then I belong to RWA, Romance Writers of America, because I do write predominantly romance, although I do some nonfiction and some journalism and some articles and love doing this series with Sandra. You are so amazing at what you do. And it's just been a, a dream job to do this with you. It's really fun. It is and, a lot of fun. Because we, well, we reach, you know, 25 different countries and everybody has a dream. And I just, you know, before we talk about branding and marketing, you know, I have a dream of, of writing for a living. You have the dream of, and you, you're living the dream. And everybody starts somewhere. And I just want your thoughts on that before we get into branding and marketing. Well, and I think that's a really important element of who you are and how you create your brand, too. Um, some of the things that have gone into creating my voice, and that's part of your marketing, which, you know, is an important thing to distinguish. Um, the voice, the words you use, the personality that's on the page, the personalities that you give your characters, they all come out of who you are as a person. So when people ask, well, do you write real life? Well, the answer is sort of, yeah. And the reason for that is that you can only write from what you know. And you hear that silliness that we we just want to brush off, write what you know. Well, honestly, that is what we do. And so the more experience you have, the more opportunity to explore the world from through your eyes, the more you have to say. And so, for instance, growing up, I grew up with a mentally ill mother. 
She's a paranoid schizophrenic, manic depressive with delusions of grandeur. And she passed away at 64 years of age. And I had been her uh, full legal guardian for seven years. Do you think there's a story there? Um, I also was what they used to call a UM, which is unaccompanied minor. And I flew back and forth because my parents divorced due to my mother's mental illness. I flew back and forth um, between Las Vegas and Denver uh, most of my childhood. And so becoming an, an unaccompanied minor, there are stories there. And one of the deepest, darkest ones was when my mother had been put into uh, a mental institution and I had gone to visit my dad for six weeks in Las Vegas and she was being let out, but it was going to be me and mom. And the really important part of that was that I was being sent back as a 12-year-old little girl and I knew what I was going back into and I got hysterical and I started to cry on the airplane and I didn't want to leave and the captain refused to take off. He had an hysterical little girl on his plane and one of the flight attendants came over and she sat down beside me and she brought a ginger ale. She put her arm around me and calmed me down and the plane was able to take off. What do you think I wanted to be when I grew up? I wanted to be a flight attendant. And so I did. And I was bored. And so <laughs> I became <laughs> And so I became a supervisor, but I did have the travel bug. And you know, I was married to a guy in the military and lived in Spain, had my first son in Spain, and he has a dual citizenship. And then I had three more kids and you go on like this. And then I had to get jobs to support those kids. And I became a single mom and got into sales. And that was where we talked about rejection earlier in this series. And I, that's where I learned the mindset that rejection is just a numbers game and it isn't personal. It's just not right for that person at that time. So all of those things kind of come into play. But I was raised with my grandparents who my grandfather was born in 1883 and I was born in 1964. Shh, no, I don't care. <laughs> and when you look at the age difference, he was 80. He spoke with linguistically with an older voice. And my grandmother was first born Swedish. She was raised as a Swede. She did not speak English or go to quote unquote English school until she was eight. It wasn't allowed because she had to know her roots. So now when we go back to where's your voice come from? Where's your, where's your POV, your point of view? All those things come from. Look at the variety of characters that I have to draw on. My writing, my voice, who I am is going to be very different and branded differently than from, say, our last guests, which were, you know, Dr. Richard Mabry and, and Sandra Orchard, who write mystery and suspense. And, you know, I'm not going to do that. I don't like to go into those dark places because my early life was dark. And so for me, I use that to write into a sweeter element. And so that's my brand. Does that make sense? It does. It does. While you were telling your story, I kept thinking, you know, I would, I can only compare myself because I, I don't really know other people that well, but I was thinking, wow, that's why my stories are all entrenched in like the big Polish family, first generation, <laughs> everybody eats, everybody drinks and dances and laughs. And, you know, that's a big part of family is a huge part of my stories. And mm -hmm. people, my characters and my stories always come from these giant families and brothers and sisters and conflict and drama and and you don't have to have any conflict or drama. You just have to go into the kitchen. <laughs> so 
(laughs) interesting to have these perspectives and how they do affect our brands. Because my brand, I use a cow a lot in my branding. I used to have a a whole herd of cows, and then there was a cow that was pink and white. Everybody was black and white, and the pink and white cow like stood up with a with a with a hat on her head, and I was like, "That was me," you know. And you're right. You did you paint the cow? It was pink. Pink and white. Like, you know how cows are black and white? Yeah. Yeah, well, there was me. I was the pink and white cow. Like, oh, with all the I white. thought you meant there was a pink and white <laughs> <laughs> No, no, in the branding, in the marketing. When I first started marketing myself many years ago, I used a cow, a black and white cow. You know, that's very recognizable. And you'd see a whole herd of cows. And then there was me, the pink and white cow. And my headlines were things like, you know, what are you doing to be known? What are you doing to be recognized? How do you differentiate yourself from the competition? Mm-hmm. And it was this, you know, pink cow, uh, no reference to the drink or anything. I think that's a purple cow. But oh. the point <laughs> is, you know, these things come from our own experience, from our own memories and existence. And they have value. As terrible as a lot of the things that you went through, do you feel, though, that they made you a better writer? Absolutely, because I have something to draw on. And, you know, I went through those things, but I also went through some amazing and fun and um, things that fascinate me. And so now what I do is I write things that fascinate me and I put a little spin in there of something I know. And it, so there's there's kind of rooted in both sides the things that fascinate me and that I want to know or that I want to share and the characters that come from this place of who I am as a, as oh. a human being. And that's where we talk about your voice. You know, you have a very distinctive voice. You know, you're writing and my writing, sitting two pieces of paper next to each other. You can tell yours from mine immediately off the bat. Because you own who you are, you own your experiences, and you're you're confident enough to bring those perspectives and experiences through your writing, whatever genre you're doing, whatever time period you're doing it. It has Angela's stamp on it. My stuff has mm-hmm. Sandra Beck written all over it, yeah. and that's a good thing because people want to hear your voice. They don't want to hear Danielle Steele ten times over. Danielle Steele's Danielle Steele. Stephen King mm-hmm. is Stephen King, and it doesn't mean we can't learn from that. But they've done a really good job establishing a brand. And their voice and who they are shows on the page. And I think that it, it you have to then be able to create characters out of that. But your branding and your marketing, and we can get into this like in the next segment, but your branding and your marketing also comes out of who you are. Right. And who you are and who you are at your core, because even Mm -hmm. as we age, you know, I'm there's still elements of me like, you know, we hear all these things in pop culture about be yourself, be yourself, just be yourself, because the media inundates people with who they should be, how they should look, what they should wear, how they should dress, you know, so much out there and getting back to who you are is not only necessary, but it feels really good. It does. And it gives you a chance then to not just show who you are and embrace who you are, but then to communicate on a real authentic level with other human beings and and maybe make a difference in their life because you're not hiding behind a facade. 
No, and it's very freeing for you to be your own brand. Now, I'm talking today with Angela Breidenbach. You can find her books on Amazon. You can go to her website, AngelaBreidenbach.com. You can also go to my personal website, SandraBeck.com, and you'll laugh right out loud because I just realized, guess what's on the front of that? A great big cow first. <laughs> That's right. I didn't even make the connection, you know, 20 years ago to today till right now. Uh, but when we come back from the break, we're going to talk about branding ourselves as authors. How do we present ourselves to publishers and the public and create a brand that stays with us for a lifetime? When we come back from the break, Angela Breidenbach and I will be continuing our discussion. And you're not going to want to miss it because it's going to be great tips for your own career. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Whether it's an anniversary, the holidays, a job promotion, a birthday, an event or party, we have so many wonderful things to celebrate. Usually celebrating involves food, and if you're not careful, you end up eating celebration food that you normally would not eat. Many times we go from one celebration or event to another, and even though it's all good, our healthy eating can get off track. The way to combat that is to make healthy eating a lifestyle. I like the 80-20 rule. If you eat healthy, low-calorie food 80% of the time, it's not a problem to splurge or indulge in not-so-healthy foods 20% of the time. The 80-20 plan works and is a great way to make healthy eating a lifestyle. I'm Annette Hammond. If you're a fan of Fitness Minute, like us on Facebook at Fitness Minute with Annette Hammond. This year's Super Bowl will air in 180 countries, and with that infamous coin toss for one day, most people will toss out their New Year's resolutions to lose weight. The Super Bowl accounts for 7% of an entire year of chicken wing sales. 48 million Americans will opt for having food delivered, with pizza franchises seeing their sales double on game day. Domino's alone looks forward to selling over 11 million pizzas on Super Bowl Sunday. What's a word for food that contains unknown ingredients? Acampucky. Americans will eat over 100 million pounds of guacamole and 8 million pounds of tortilla chips on game day. What's a word for those folks who call in sick the morning after a little too much indulgence? Our farfanoffs. It's marching I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Word. Word. Taking care of business every day. Taking care of business. Hey, guys and dolls. This is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Angela Breidenbach. And as promised, we're talking about branding and marketing. Now, in the first segment, we talked about reaching into who we are as a brand Angela, there's a little bit more to that than just, um, you know, thinking about who we are. How do we mine our past experiences? You know, when we try to figure out who we are, often we push all that stuff off to the side and we think we can only put out there if we have a college degree. But 
when I was telling you about me, a little bit about my growing up years and things like that, um, we don't tend to look at that as a way to mine it for gems. And when we look at how much we already know, what we've already experienced and what we're going to put into our writing, because that's who we authentically are, we should just honestly sit down and write a bullet point list. And I don't care if you number it. I don't care if you bullet point it. I don't care if you sentence it all out. For me, uh, I like bullet points so I can just look at the skeleton of something. And it's important that we figure out what kind of expertise that we have and how that is going to translate into our work. So when you read a, a book of mine, you're often going to read about a character that is, even though she's historical romance or she's contemporary romance, she's coming out of, out of a spot that was difficult. And so the one I'm currently writing um, is uh, coming out of the Bucket List Dare project that I'm doing with a couple of other gals. And this gal the, on on the, the first chapter within the first um, two pages loses her job. And it's very difficult. She gets laid off. Well, that actually happened to me in the airlines. And my pride was in the way and I couldn't allow myself to get laid off. And so I quit, which would now being older was really stupid because I did. I didn't get the the severance package that I would have gotten otherwise. So I kind of looked back on that and mined that experience and put that into a character. So now when I'm mining my experience for what's going to be written into the book, there's usually children, there's usually romance, there's often a pet, um, there's there's these different elements to my writing style. If I'm going to write down these things, these are experiences that I've had, they don't have to be, again, that college degree. They can be, for instance, being a um, full legal guardian of my mother, um, being somebody who trains my cat because there's pets in my store, a lot of my stories. I train my cat Muse and Muse and I, Muse and Writer, do little comedy shticks on Facebook a couple of times a week. And it's just a silly conversation with photos that I put up of this cat that has a lot of personality. But what I did was I spent time training him. And Muse can shake hands, come, sit, lay down, roll over, jump over a stick, jump through a hoop. He can beg. He can, you know, he can do all of these things that normally you would associate with a dog. Well, am I um, a pet trainer that's out there? No, but I can do this. So I can write these things into my story. But then in marketing, I'm going to mine that little gem of expertise. And I put up Muse and Writer comedy shtick on my um Facebook because it's entertaining and it's sweet and it's funny little tiny bit of um, sarcasm in there because of course it's a it's a cat who will get very upset with you if he ever gets called that he is a feline and spelled f-e dash l-i-o-n so you know you can add some of that sense of humor into what you do but what's really important about this is that when you're going out into the big wide world you take elements of what you normally do and use that to draw in people to like what you do, to communicate with you, and to interact with you. So mining those fun things you do in your regular life and the elements that you put into your stories, writing them down on a bullet point list to help you find out what might be of interest to other people out there helps to build a full circle communication pattern that builds a marketing plan. Well, and people know that they say they get to know you and they get to know 
your interests and things and then they align with it. It's like, it's not surprising that a lot of my, you know, stuff includes sports. You know, I was, I come from a family of athletes. I played sports until college and, you know, I include some of those in my writing. And so other people who love sports, you know, the, the following, you start to get, people who are very like-minded and, and, you know, I do shows on, on fitness and health and, you know, athleticism and, and, you know, confidence building, all those things are all part of who I am. And they're also part of my brand. I agree. And I think, you know, the different types of, like I said, it doesn't have to be a college education. What kind of certifications do you have and how have you used that in your real world experience versus fictional world experience, you know? And like you said, the the athleticism and all those kinds of things, um, they can come into play as well. So if you have a character that you're writing about who might be a, a sports figure or a coach or a weight loss leader, um, you can draw on those things to write articles. And part of marketing is not just getting out there and paying for ads. I think a lot of people think you have to pay for everything that you do. Really what you need to do is be entertaining and engaging and educational. And when you do this and you do it in a positive way, you're going to create that, you know, that buzzword tribe that likes what you do and circles around you because they're waiting for the next thing that's going to come out. But when it's always a sell, sell, sell thing, it makes it more difficult to want to pay any attention to the noise of the sale. And I, you know, taking that with a little bit of salt at the moment, because, um, as we record this, uh, we're, we're pre-recording it and I've got a, I have had a big 10 day long promotion going on. But what's really important about that is in the middle of all that, I did amuse and writer post. I did post out, um, a photo of a crick that I walked along because these are things that are engaging versus constantly selling. Well, and I just want to pop in there. I wrote a book, I don't know, in 2011. It's up on on uh, Amazon and it's called Now it's about blogging and there's so much more, you know, than in 2011 when this came out, but the principles were free. But I wrote a book called Blogforia: How to Reach Millions Without Spending a Dime. And what has happened recently, Angela, is for the first time in history, there's a level playing field between authors and publishing houses, you know, actors and movies. And, you know, we see, you know, gamer kids like my son who has a YouTube gamer channel getting, you know, offers to appear in short films. And really believable the things that you can do just by participating in social media effectively. And that's what, what Blogforia talks about. Now, it's specific to blogging, but the principles are the same. And it's on Kindle Unlimited, and you can get wait, it. Wait, wait. You need to spell it for me because oh, I'm buying it. <laughs> oh, okay. Blog, well, you could just call me. But Blogforia, B-L-O-G-P-H-O-R-I-A. And it's it was out in – it's better – you know, it's, it was – what, oh gosh, seven years ago, eight, six, seven years ago now. But the principles of Blogforia stand true today. It's like if you write and you put your information out there that you want to share and you want to participate in, join the communities you love and actually be passionate about what you're talking about, you will develop a community. Through blogging, I got onto radio. I got I got hired to do radio. I've had appearances. I've gotten book deals. I've gotten all these things 
just from blogging and, and YouTubing and, and internet radio. These are all things that you can do without spending even a dime to do yeah. these. You can do your own podcast. Now, granted, I'm on an internet radio show, but I didn't start there. Nobody just, you know, I didn't wake up one morning and they said, here, have four shows. You know, I started with a a baby in my office, a toddler and a baby, because Mm -hmm. I was single mom, soul supporting, sitting there, and I would stick one foot in the, um, you know, those little, like the the baby baskets, the car seats that have the handle on it, so I'd stick my foot in there and jiggle my one kid, and then I would (laughs) throw toys in the playpen while I was sitting there at my desk, writing and producing and directing the things that I needed to do, and I was doing this after my day job. You know, I'm going to point something out there that you just said. It was after your day job. One of the things that will send me to the moon, and here's, here is me being a woman of candor because the, the three major brand elements for me are that, um, I, I, I really feel it's important to be a woman of confidence, a woman of candor. And I think that if I don't say this and people are going to walk away thinking, well, but I can't do that because I have to have my downtime. Well, yeah, we all need downtime. But here's the deal. When you want to achieve something great, you sacrifice some of that downtime after work in order to achieve the great thing that you're after. You cannot do a 9 to 5 or an 8 to 5 or whatever your job is, come home and plunk yourself in front of the TV and then lament that you don't have time to write or market or build a dream. And that is something so important that I I just have to say it again. If you want to achieve your dream, if you want your books to be bestsellers, if you want to brand yourself as anything, you have to put the time into doing it. And that time has to be as important as the six hours before bed, but after work, that four hours, whatever it is that you have, you have to have that time involved. I get up early. You know, I'm so, I'm sorry. I'm just going to snark in here. Get up early. You know, I get up sometimes at four in the morning, three 30 in the morning to work on my things before my kids get up. I have kids that have to be school at 7 a.m. and 8 30. Their schools are, of course, you know, half an hour apart starting and they're 15 minutes away. You know, mm-hmm. there's, there's things that you give up. Do I go to the gym every day? No. Do I get my hair done every day? No. Do I go out to lunch with my friends every day? No. I work all day and then nights and weekends and mornings mornings and and evenings, I work on the things that I want to do because nobody's going to get there from me. And when we come back from the break, we're going to talk about some of this because my company is an internet brand company and clients hire me all the time. And I will tell you, as good a job as we do for clients, there's no better job in a lot of this stuff than you can do for yourself. So Mm -hmm. do not be intimidated that you don't have a lot of money or a fancy computer or all these things and you don't have time. J. Cray Rowling wrote in a coffee house. When we come back from the break, we're going to talk more about branding, more about marketing and getting some of these things done without breaking the bank, without spending a dime. It will take your time and attention. This is Sandra Beck and Angela Breidenbach from Coach Talk Radio. We'll be back after the break.
According to state troopers, here's what not to do when you get pulled over. Don't be a lachrymist and start crying right away. It doesn't help. But if you're under 20, crying won't be held against you. Don't ask for a break. Don't yell or start any argy-bargy. And one trooper said, if they're going to flirt with me to get out of a ticket, it would probably insult my intelligence. But unfortunately, I don't get hit on all that often. So flirting or being a gill flirt won't work. Did you know that 15% of all drivers get 76% of all traffic tickets? And the odds of winning if you challenge a traffic ticket in court are 1 in 3. So what should you do when you get pulled over for speeding? Be courteous to the officer, and most of all, be honest. It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's words you heard of the five-second rule, you know, where if you spill some food on the floor and manage to snatch it up within five seconds, it's okay to eat. But is it really safe? According to experiments by WebMD, all food that falls on the floor gathers bacteria, no matter how quickly it's picked up. It does help, however, if both the floor is clean and the food is dry. But if you spill some ma wallop, that's messy food like a chili dog or spaghetti, you should think twice before snuffing it up and eating it. I think plain old rumble gumption should tell us to forget the five-second rule and just consider any food that hits the floor cag mag or unfit for human consumption. At my house, if any food should fall on the floor while we're eating, you can bet our dog's going to get it within five seconds anyway. It's words you never I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my new app, Too Funny for Words. Taking care of guys and dolls, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Angela Breidenbach, and this is part of our writer series. If you liked what you heard at the first half of today's show, check us out on CoachTalkRadioShow.com. You can go to Toginet.com. You can also go to iTunes under Coach Talk Radio. There are 10 hours in this writing series, at least. Angela and I might come up with a few more in the coming weeks, but for right now, we've got 10 or 12 episodes, and these are really important, vital episodes for authors. They cover anything from character arcs to plot, story, structure, proofreading, editing, um, marketing, branding, how to set up your writer's space and things like that. And, you know, that leads me to something, Angela. I just want to, like, I want to take the listeners back um, 13 years and imagine me with a toddler and a uh, newborn uh, my ex-husband left for, for someone who worked with me, and I was suddenly in my house alone while my mom was battling breast cancer, and she ultimately died. You couldn't get oh my gosh. a yeah. character like beat down any more than I was at that point. And I had to work full-time to support us in technology, in real estate. And so I had not only my real estate job as a manager, but I also had my tech job working web, building websites, building, you know, writing code because I could make a lot of money and I could keep my kids in my office with me because I didn't have, you know, really childcare at that point. And I was flying back and forth to New York with my mom for her mastectomies and, and, Mm -hmm. you know, different benchmark things. 
my computer company that I started at that time was pieced together with junk. It was pieced together with old, some of my old dad's computer, my computers, really piecemealed. And I was working on this table and it was just brutal. And the kids were in my office. There were toys on the floor and, you know, food everywhere. But I did it. I got up every day and I did it. Now, did I cry every morning? Yes. Did I cry every night? Yes. Did I eat too much? Did I have ratty hair and and mm-hmm. terrible clothes unless I meant to meet a client? I was train wreck back. I mean, truly. But I didn't give up on myself. And I didn't expect everything to be perfect. I didn't have the best equipment. I didn't have the best of anything at that point. All I had was the desire to move my life forward and the desire to tell my stories. And I didn't mm-hmm. expect And maybe, you know, Angela, you didn't come from much. I didn't come from much. And, you know, the kids today have so much. And so many of us have so much now. Mm -hmm. When you don't have anything growing up or you don't have much growing up, you learn how to do without. And the one thing that I did was I didn't have any fancy software. I didn't have anything other than what I wrote at the time. I knew how to do without, and you don't need all this stuff. We talked about Scrivener. We've talked about all these books. They're great, and they will help you, bar none. There are great, great tools out there. Right, but you don't have to afford them all right now. And and I didn't. I You know, I did it little by little by little. And when I first started, um, it was free, and it still is, I believe, to get on Blogger. And, and when I got on Blogger, it was about figuring out my voice, figuring out who I was, because I really, I really didn't know how to um, present myself to the world, let's say. And so I started on Blogger, and you can do that on WordPress. You can do that on. There's quite a few different blogging platforms out there, and blogging is probably the number one way a lot of authors started building a way to put their voice out into the world versus it's hidden under the bed in a, in a book that nobody's ever going to see, you know? And so starting with that, I started blogging some of the things I was just interested in and it was very eclectic. And, um, I moved to a blog that I called God uses broken vessels because I felt like I was a very broken vessel and that somehow or another, he kept bringing people with to me to sit down and have coffee with, because they wanted to hear the story of how I survived having a mentally ill mom and how I seemed so quote unquote normal. <laughs> I always think yeah. that's funny. <laughs> but, you know, I love, I love to laugh. I love to be involved in people's lives and I love to help people and, and do whatever I can to make this world a better place. And so I kept having all these coffee meetings with people one on one on one and it started to get a little unwieldy because there's just too many people coming and I wasn't getting the things done I needed to do, you know, for me. So that's where this idea of this God uses broken vessels um, blog came from. And then I started doing the the fiction and I did do nonfiction. And my first nonfiction was Gems of Wisdom for a Treasure Filled Life. And that has now gone out of print and it's going to come back out um, later on this month as Gems of Wisdom, the Treasure of Experience. And it has a new cover and, and it's just been awarded the Dove Foundation seal of approval for faith friendly work. And I'm excited about that. Although it's also makes me a little nervous because there are a lot of true stories in there. I interviewed other people for that too, but it was about my journey 
of becoming a courageous, confident, and woman of candor. Though That was about that journey, helping other people do that. But when you do that, you get really, really vulnerable and you share who you really are and you start to shake inside. Are they going to like me? You know? And, well, and yeah. what you find out is they actually love you. Like, that's the thing. It's like nobody sits there and goes, oh, like she's doing a pity party. She's doing a sob story on her life. You go, okay, what can I learn from her? You know, she's really good at this. And she she walked through this fire very young and got out of it. And, you know, and, and so what can I learn from that? And, um, you know, Angela, one of the things that I want to say, you're so eloquent, you're so lyrical and beautiful, and I'm so crass there because I just want to say something. Yeah, I'm crass because I'm going to say for everybody out there that's been through trauma, been through trouble, I'm so sorry for what you've been through. For everybody out there who doesn't have the perfect office, well, you know, that's just life. At some point, and and to be fair, like this is going to sound really harsh, But at some point, you have to just suck it up and go, you know what? This happened. It sucks. It's terrible. I have an old computer. I don't have a writing office. I don't have, you know, I only have half an hour a day or an hour a day to work on my writing. And, you know, I don't really know what I'm doing. Everybody is at that point at some point in their writing career. And it's okay. You just got to keep going. It's at that point, though. That you are the character of your own story. And you've started in this place of your quote-unquote normal world. And then you've slid down to that bottom of the basement, bottom of the well moment where you have a turning point in your plot. And you can make a choice. You can make a choice to move up and change because you can't go any further down, you know? Um, you can make a choice to grab onto the rope that's dangling just above your head and you might have to jump to reach it. And that is the choice we make when we choose our dreams over our disasters. And that's why becoming someone who's willing to market in a way that has takeaway value that we can go forward. And so even in doing Gems of Wisdom, um, this, the treasure of experience, that book, the whole point, and a publisher told me this and an agent told me this. You have a really fascinating story. You've been through a lot and you want to help a lot of people, but you need to rewrite this so that it has takeaway value for the reader. And that's what marketing has to have. Takeaway value for the consumer. So when you are going forward into your dream and you're jumping to reach that rope, Make sure that you are grabbing onto that end and hanging on and you're reaching out your hand to the person who may be down in that well with you and you're pulling them up with you because you're giving a part of yourself away in whatever you do. It has to have takeaway value. So if you don't get anything else out of this particular episode, takeaway value is your key phrase. It is. Takeaway value. And takeaway value in everything we do, Angela. It's not just in our writing, not just in our stories, in, in every aspect of our life. Mm-hmm. But what is it about what you are going to do, what you're going to say, the post that you're going to make on Facebook or the board that you're going to create on Pinterest? What is it that you're going to do that gives somebody else an element to enrich, enlighten, encourage, entertain? educate what is it in there 
if you can't do one of those things, I call them my five E's. If you can't do those, then just don't post. Because Absolutely. Oh, if you're not, it's not valuable. It's not valuable to you. It's not valuable to the people following you. It's just noise. Right. And that's what the difference between um, marketing and publicity is important too. Because in marketing, um, it can be something that is just so interesting to you that you want to share it so that somebody else can get entertainment value out of it or be encouraged or uplifted or inspired. Um, in publicity, it's uh, now I may have mixed up my words. Did I mix up my words? Where you pay for the advertising. And well, so be marketing, advertising, publicity, it could be any of those. Yeah. yeah. But there's, there's one element of it that you pay for it. And there's one element of it that it's just created around you, around who you are. And so when you're paying for advertising, again, still, you have to keep in mind, what is the other person going to get out of it? You know, and it goes back to that old um, benefits and features. You know, are you talking about the features or are you talking about the benefit to the person? Your turn. <laughs> I'm just thinking about that. The benefits to the person, the benefit to the features, the benefit. I think when you create, when I create award-winning internet brand strategies for whatever genre I'm working in, it's when we create like a triple win. It's good for the company, it's good for the consumer, and it's good for me. If I do my job right, Angela, what I do creates value for either my books, if I'm the client, my client's books, if they're the client, it helps the publisher. Like, there's no downside. There really is an art to creating things that have the triple or quadruple win, depending on how many, you know, fingers are in the pie. Now, we're going to talk about how to get some of these triple, quadruple wins when we come back from the break. And we're going to talk about what we can do without spending a lot of money. Now, this is where the fun begins. You can spend no money and use what you have. You also can collaborate with other people on what they have. We're going to talk about some of these tips, tricks, and techniques when we come back from the break. We're visiting today with Angela Breidenbach, and I'm Sandra Beck of Coach Talk Radio. When we come back, you're going to want to hear more about telling a story and some tools that we can offer you for free. It doesn't get any better than free. We'll be back after the break. If you could live your life truly standing in a place of peace, joy, and abundance, wouldn't that make your heart soar? Now you can, with Lessons in Joyful Living, with your host, Kimberly Rinaldi, Mondays at noon central. Kimberly Rinaldi, having created a highly successful coaching practice, now teaches Lessons in Joyful Living. She believes in empowering others and that through it, you have the ability to break through any and all barriers, thus allowing you to reach your greatest potential and joyfully step into your life's purpose. 
What used to take weeks, months, or even years, she can now teach you in a matter of hours with her programs. For more on Kim and her show, go to her website, KimberlyRinaldi.com. That's R-I-N-A-L-D-I.com. Then join us for Lessons in Joyful Living with your host, Kimberly Rinaldi. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. A hundred years ago, only about 10% of adults were overweight. But today, an estimated 61% of Americans are overweight. Yet we have the same genes as our ancestors. What's changed isn't our genes, but our lifestyle. Our lives have become more sedentary and our daily activity level has decreased for the days of our past relatives. We have loads of unhealthy processed food and easily accessed fast food. Ultimately, your behavior determines the number on the scale. If you choose healthy, low-calorie food and exercise, you can lose weight or maintain your present weight. Choose the right behaviors and reap the rewards of a healthy lifestyle. Stay active, eat light, nutritious food, and watch your health increase as your weight decreases. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Hey guys and dolls, this is Sandra Beck and I'm here with Angela Breidenbach and as promised we're talking about the free section of today's show. I know we made you wait for three segments, but I wanted to get my point across and so did Angela. What you do has to have value and these win-win-win propositions are the name of the game. And the other thing, that point I wanted to make, Angela, is just suck it up. Start wherever you are. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. Just do the best you can. And uh, Joel, oh gosh, Joel at the head of of um god what is his name joel uh ah. oh i i think i know who you're talking about but perigee fotinos fotinos um Uh he had a great thing for me one time when i was struggling and he said you know san you can't fix what isn't written down so at the end of the day you can't fix what isn't written down so if you want to write write don't worry about the how don't worry about the where don't worry about your computer your equipment the the software, the books that are all out there, just start. You can't fix what isn't written down. Now, mm-hmm. as promised, we're going to talk about some freebies and some freebies out there that are for you, one of them being Google. And isn't yes. that great? You can Google character arc. You can Google plot. You don't even have to buy half the books that are out there um, because you can go to YouTube and learn. The name of the game is oh, learn. I do that all your- the time. Me too. Me too. And now what about some other great ways, Angela? We've got a whole list of them here. Oh, yeah. I'm going to spin off your YouTube thing. People ask me, how did I learn how to do website stuff? YouTube. And and at one point, I did have a little bit of money that I had earned. And I sat down with a webmaster and I had her show me you know, what, what she was doing as she built my website. Um, but that was a little later in the game. I first started learning through YouTube, through the through the tutorials that were done on Blogger and all of the social media that I use is free. You know, you use uh, most people now are on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest. Those are the you know the top three big ones, and then of course Google and Google Plus, and there's so many others. What were you gonna say? LinkedIn. LinkedIn, of course. Yes, LinkedIn. And what's amazing with all of these um, 
social media websites is that they are free. But also what happens is you begin to build a network. And throughout that network, you start following the people that you want to learn from. And then you start bonding with other people that have, like you said earlier in the show, a like-minded um, way of being. And as you're doing that, you put out posts that encourage, enlighten, educate, um, that entertain. And these kinds of things, those, those big E words are, if you keep that in your mind as you go, using these free social media outlets, you are going to build a network that's huge. I started building a network via Blogger and then WordPress and all of these other social media sites. You can find me on Pinterest and Facebook, and I have a variety of groups. Um, and some of those groups have to do with genealogy. Some of those groups have to do with um, writing. Some of those groups have to do with um, photography or being a cat lover. Um it just there's such a variety of interests and when you they start to learn a little bit about you you don't spend your time marketing at them you just respond to the discussions or start discussions and then they follow to find out your all of your very interesting um things about you that you've built into your bio now your bio on all of your social media free and what's important is like on some of these such as um Twitter and Pinterest and um, even I'm even starting to move there on Facebook. I'm a little behind the ball on that. But using the hashtags, again, free. And suddenly using the hashtags, I have got a bunch more people following me because of the hashtag, no kidding, am writing, A-M-W-R-I-T-I-N-G. I started using am writing on occasional posts and boom, all of a sudden I've got this larger following that's coming in on Twitter. Um when you do these things and you engage and you respond, that's all free and you don't have to spend your entire day doing it. But it's important to spend a little bit of that downtime that you would normally give to the TV or um, some other activity that you, you do. You have to give time to your dream and that includes building a network. One of the things that I really loved um, in starting out in, in this writing world was reviewing other writers' books. And what happened then was I built a really strong relationship and friendship with a lot of these writers. And then I get their books for free a lot. And my shelves are full of them. But the payment for those free books is to then promote them, whether it's on Goodreads or Amazon or Facebook or Twitter or Pinterest. I have boards for books to read again, my favorite books, um, historicals. I have boards for these different books and on Pinterest, again, free, free books. But if you can't even um, do that, you don't have a computer, you don't have a way to access the internet, but you want to start learning, go to the library, check out the books they have, check out some of the books. We'll provide a list for you um, of a variety of the different tools, the craft books and things like this that we're talking about. But some of the books that I did buy but you could ask your library to buy if they don't have them on the shelves, would be um, Get Organized, Get Published, Frugal Book Promoter, um, Writing Fiction for Dummies, Podcasting for Dummies. <laughs> I love that one. Um, building a Website for Dummies. These are great starter books that you can get from the library and you can renew if you need more time with that book. But start that way. Start building Watch YouTube videos if you can. All this stuff is free. Um, building uh, your career 
is not something you do haphazard. It's something you do with intention and you start with free and then you build out from there. And the same thing with going to um, conferences, you start local because they're lower cost and then you build out to the national ones. And you know what I found? Usually the, the closer regional and local ones give me better networking opportunity. But the network that I've built through reviewing other people's work, the network I've built with the people that I've volunteered with when I've gone to conferences and I've been a volunteer. Sure, I paid to go to the conference, but in volunteering, I'm doing that for free and I'm building a relationship with agents, with editors, with other writers. So even if you do go to a paid event, be a volunteer. Make that part of your networking plan and build those relationships. That to me is the best start you can have to building a strong marketing and a strong platform. Oh, and by the way, Platform by Michael Hyatt, another great book to read. So these are things that are so important that you can't skip these steps. You can buy all these books, you can get them for free, and you can also be a reviewer and review for pay- for that book as your payment. You're not getting paid to review but that is your payment for getting the book for free. Well, and I just want to talk like you, you did a really good job identifying, you know, um, free. I want to talk cheap tech because as a technology company owner, I've been all over the world trying to find some of the best technology. And when I look at people, Angela, and they tell me they, they can't afford this, they can't afford that. And then I look at their phone and I <laughs> have seven or $800 iPhone. Now, granted, they might have gotten it from their company or from their, their phone company for $99 or they signed up and got a free one, the fact of the matter is your phone or your tablet or your kid's Chromebook that they're using in school is 10 times more powerful than anything I had when I was starting out in technology. And I just want to throw some numbers out at you because people think, oh, they need a fortune to do all this stuff or they have to go Mm -hmm. into a recording studio. You can get on Amazon today, because I know I use this product, and I'm just going to endorse the products I use. I have a Royal Voice lavalier microphone for iPhone, okay? That's $14, okay? Then I use this little remote Bluetooth guy that I can start and stop my iPhone to do either audio or video recording, you know, when it's like all set up. That's a whopping $29. Then you go for my $9 um, tripod that's made to use an iPhone. And then this is where the fun begins. I spent a whopping, this was a big deal for me. I spent $50 on this light kit. It's a, um, it's got an umbrella, it's got lights, it's got, you know, two little tripods, and you can light yourself sitting in your office, your living room, your kitchen, or your dining room, and you can do a really good YouTube video promoting your book review. Here's the book, hold it up, talk about it. You know, you can write it, you can do all these things. My microphone that I use for my radio show, the whole kit was $119. Now, we're just talking using iPhones or smartphones at this point. We're not talking $1,000 and you can produce really good studio quality work. How do you learn to do this? Go to YouTube. My nine-year-old has a YouTube channel. He figured out on his school Chromebook how to record his gaming videos with audio. All he used was free software. So go to Google, look the stuff up, invest in yourself in Mm -hmm. how to do some of these things. If you can't, invest in your business. And honestly, for, for 
200 bucks, you can have a full setup, including your computer, if you get one of these little Chromebooks, or just use your existing phone or your kid's tablet. You have no idea what you have in your sphere of influence till you look around. I went through the steps and hooked up my Google Hangouts to my YouTube account, both free accounts, and now I can do book club events and record into my YouTube account. One thing I've learned from that is I'm going to do shorter events. I had a great time. We had a great time. I've bonded with the people in these book clubs, but I've learned that when I want to do that, I want to be able to take those recordings and shorten them so that they're easier, more like sound bites or interesting moments from them to send out onto social media. Again, all I have to do is take a few minutes of my time and learn something new. Absolutely. And it's all there right up on YouTube and it's all there on your phone and people will help you. A lot of these YouTubers, if you ask a question or you go to these help desks, you just post the thing and they'll walk you through it. It's not rocket science anymore. It's very don't tell me you're not a computer person. Oh, God. As we age, we need to learn new things so we can teach our brain to continue to grow or it atrophies. Same thing as any other muscle. Learn to grow. Desire. My 82-year-old dad had no problem converting his iPhone to his little Buffalo Bills portal wherever he is in the world, and my 9-year-old can record YouTube. There's nothing special about either of these two people other than I love them in my family. But if they can do it, you can do it too. Angela and I today at Coach Talk Radio are giving you permission to try and fail and try again. You will learn We'll figure it out. We did it. We're here today to inspire you. For Angela Breidenbach, that's A-N-G-E-L-A Breidenbach, B-R-E-I-D-E-N-B-A-C-H.com. Check her out on Amazon. You can check me out at SandraBeck.com. You can go to Amazon, see some of my stuff too. When we come back next week, we're going to talk a little bit more about this writer series. We've got 10 hours going so far, and we really want you to help get your dreams in motion, just like Angela and I are living our dreams, and we want that for you, too. We'll be back again next week. Thank you for listening. On behalf of Sandra Beck, we want you to get out there today to make more money with less time and effort so you can live the life you want. Tune in next week for more tips, tricks, and techniques from Coach Talk Radio.